Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Fifty one thousand plus on their feet. Nobody's left to beat the traffic tonight, I guarantee you. Mark gets the sign. The wind and the pitch. Here it is. One, fly ball, deep left center. Chris on the run. Yes, 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 yes. 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 Twenty-five lighters on my dresser. Yes, sir. You know I got to get paid. High five ball. Go to right center. And the Braves have won. Twenty-five lighters on my dresser, yes sir. You know I got to get paid. Swing and drive, back to right. Now get ready. This is the Platinum Sombrero Podcast with your hosts Dylan Short and Adam Doc Herbert. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number 107 of the Platinum Sombrero Podcast. This is Doc Herbert, and with me as always is Dylan Short. We will hear from Dylan very shortly, but before we do, just wanted to remind you that the Platinum Sombrero Podcast is brought to you as always by Armchair Media, as well as being brought to you by Simply Safe. With home security, there's two ways you can go about protecting your home. You can call a feeble-minded technician to do a messy installation that is going to cost you a small fortune, or there's the Simply Safe way. Simply Safe is everything you need in a home security system. It's award-winning protection. It's a two-time winner of the CNET Editor's Choice Award. It will give you cameras and doorbells to alert you to anyone approaching your home from the outside and from the inside. You've got entry sensors, glass break sensors, and motion sensors. You barely notice when it's there. The best news about this is you can install it all yourself within an hour. There's no trade-off for your safety. You'll have a, an army of highly trained security experts ready to dispatch police to your home at a moment's notice. And it's only 50 cents a day, which is pretty fantastic. Fantastic. And considering the amount of time that you are going to be home for the, foreseeable, for the foreseeable future, you should probably invest in your home security. So go to simplysafe.com slash team. That's S-I-M-P-L-I safe.com backslash team. No I in team. And you will get your free shipping and 60-day risk-free trial. Got nothing to lose. Go now. Simplysafe.com slash team. Once again, that is simplysafe.com slash team. Okay. So Dylan... I think that the b- real burning question here is, how is your quarantine going? Because if uh, there's anything that everybody in the United States has in common right now, it's that we can't freaking go anywhere. So uh, how have you spent the past couple of days? Was the last time you left your house? Well, uh, I've actually been at work through most of it. I'll work again Friday, and then that'll be my last day for a while. <clears throat> but uh, I, 
I, I can't complain. I mean, yesterday, if you guys are following me on Twitter or anything, then then you guys know that uh, I had my 20-week ultrasound last week that I got to, uh, me and my wife got to go do our ultrasound where we see the see our child. And uh, yesterday was good. There's, there's nothing bad I can say about yesterday. Even in the span of everything that's been going wrong, yesterday was a, was a good day. It was one of the days that I will remember for the rest of my life. Um, as for the rest of it, man... I haven't gone locked into quarantine. I mean, I'm a I'm a hermit anyway, so I don't really go anywhere once I get home to begin with. But um, starting next week, I think things are going to kind of get a little cabin fever a little bit, knowing that uh, for the foreseeable future, I will be stuck at home. So uh, we'll check on ask this question again in a week, and I might have a different answer for you. What about you? I mean, I've been working from home since 2013, so I've been kind of practicing for this for like a decade. And, you know, my wife... You know, her work has mandatory work from home now. So um, the capacity or my the attendance in my office has actually doubled over the last week. So it's been it's been great. I actually get some human interaction, which is um, I've had a couple of people reach out to me and say, how do you do this all the time? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I guess I guess you just I'm get used just to a it. superstar. I'm just a superstar. I mean, there were some dark days on the way to me getting used to this. I mean, and we're I haven't started my car since Sunday, uh, you know, most of the time, since since I don't have a commute to work, the only place I really go is the gym and the grocery store. And the gym has cut its capacity. I'm amazed that it's still open. But, uh, you know, been working out from home and just trying to, you know, avoid it where I can. Better safe than sorry. And I know that there's people everywhere that probably think it's preposterous. But you never know, especially with something that's got this, this like, um, shadow incubation period like this whole thing does. So better safe than sorry, I guess. But it does bring up some really interesting questions about the future, not just of, of the country, but in particular in the scope of this show for sports. Because, I mean, it's not just that baseball is not on. I mean, baseball already wasn't hardly on at all, but now there's no, usually there's NCAA tournament going on, and there's at least some type of diversion to help get through. But now a buddy of mine called me on Sunday morning, and he's like, there's not even golf on. You know, it's it's so bizarre, and it's bringing to mind so many different questions about what's going to happen and when things are going to wind up getting cranked back up. So, at first, it was going to be we're going to push the start of opening day back two weeks, and we're like, okay, we can handle that. And, uh, and then Manfred's like, yeah, whatever, that's not going to happen. So he he had said mid May, and then you start hearing from writers and people surrounding the game that it might be June, it might be July. There's so much waiting, you know, just, and the worst thing about this whole deal is the uncertainty. So at what point do you start to worry that the season is actually going to wind up getting canceled? I mean, that's a, that's a very difficult question. And it's what I usually would be like, nah, there's no way they're going to cancel. But you start talking where it's, it's starting to look more and more like you might just skip the entire first half of the season. Uh, and if that's the case, you start talking about play and play. If you want to play a full season's worth of baseball, you're going into November and December, in which case, obviously, the teams that play outside, like in the the Midwest and up north, if they play outside, they're not going to be able to play there. You're going to have to play in different stadiums. So there's a lot of logistics that you have to bring into play when you're talking about just move the season down. I'm starting to I'm starting to think that we'll see it after what would have been the All-Star break and just play the second half of the season and, and roll from there. I think you're probably right. And one thing that baseball does have is that the season 
even for enthusiasts like us, the season takes forever, it feels like sometimes. So even if you wind up shaving 80 games off, or you know, th then it's still the, the exact same amount of time or the amount of games that hockey and basketball have. So there's still plenty of time to narrow down who the who the best teams are, you know? It's just going to be, I wonder what you do, what do you do with the trade deadline at that point? Because you have no time to assess your team. You, you'll always hear GM saying, well, we want to wait till it's a little closer to the trade deadline so we can really figure out uh, where the needs are on this team. Well, if if they wind up starting it right after the All-Star break, then you're looking at, say, I don't know, July 15th or somewhere around there. So you got two weeks. You know, I hope hope nobody gets hurt. I, there There has been talk about changing the uh, trade deadline to August 15th to be in between what what was the non-waiver deadline and the waiver deadline. And they, they have, but no traction has ever come from that. So what do you do at that? There's so many questions that come along with this. Like, what about service time? What about any of the young guys that are going to wind up going into arbitration? How is this going to wind up affecting them? What about any of the, the one-year players like Ozuna and Hamels do do we get them for 2021 are there if if the season gets canceled you know what what is happening this, this is the uncertainty is just the the worst part if I knew the answer to any of these questions it would be one thing but it's just what's going on dude it, it's it's really really weird and I mean what are you gonna do you're gonna have a one month one month trade deadline window like if you start on July 15th and trade deadline is August 15th and that's it. I mean, it's it's going to be very, very difficult. Uh, it's the right thing to do. I mean, limiting crowds, it is the right thing to do. All the sports are handling it like they're supposed to. Can't get mad at them for it because really it's what everybody should be doing. But it does leave a, a very large hole in you. And it kind of goes back to one of those shows a few, a few episodes ago where I was talking about how we don't really view sports figures as people. It's times like these that you really start to notice it because in times of national crisis or, or national uncertainty, everybody flocks to sports because that is everyone's escape. Well, the problem is we now, they're people, so they are at big risk of getting sick too. So if we're taking measures for, to ensure that people don't get sick, we can't just sit there and ask these guys to risk it just so we have something to watch while we're sitting at home. We're in a very unprecedented time, especially for people like my age group and really your age group too. There's really not been anything of this magnitude. Like, we've not had any sort of disease that has just curtailed everything and shut down the global economy. Like, SARS was a pretty big scare for people that were paying attention. Nobody remembers MERS, even though it had like a 30% mortality rate. Remember the swine flu H1N1? Remember how, how crazy that got? Like 151,000 people died. But we haven't had anything like, say, the Spanish flu. Uh, where basically everything was shut down or when typhoid was, was running rampant or tuberculosis was running across the world and, and everything was basically shut down. We've not had to deal with anything like this in our lifetimes. And it's a, it's a pretty big shock. This is, yeah, this isn't even generational. This is like a 100 year event. And we will, those of us who live through this, you know, we will, we will tell our kids or grandkids about this, about how, you know, everything was in quarantine. I, for one, will wind up playing it up for sure, milking it for, for um, some type of sympathy for my grandkids or whatever. But it's, it's nobody knows how to really react about this whole thing. And even when you get in a situation where, I mean, especially now where they're saying you can't have more than 10 people in a place at any given time or it's bad practice to do so. Well, I mean, that, that certainly calls off 
any any type of sports gathering. But even when you start expanding those numbers and say, okay, well, you can have like 100 people now. I mean, if you're going to wind up effectively running an entire baseball game, that's going to wind up, you know, you've got 26 people for each team, but that's just the, the uniformed members. And, and then you've also got like all of the coaches and then you have to have some staff in there. So, I mean, until things get lax, I mean, we're just going to kind of be in the dark. And fret not TPS listeners, we are going to keep the show going. We may have to get a little creative. We may have to get a little funky with our content over the next, um, you know, over the next couple weeks. But we will be here to get you through this crisis because even even if you can't watch a game, you know, sometimes it's best to just pontificate on things. And, you know, we spent, God, the last Braves game was played in uh, October and we've just been just spitballing and pontificating and all these different things for five months. So, you know, what's two, three more months of doing basically the exact same thing. So, you know, stick with us through this difficult time. Right. I wish we hadn't blown through our off-season material so quickly. It's foolish of us not to have backup plans. But uh, we're, we're sitting at this now where we're going to be scraping up for stuff. And guys, if you guys have something in particular that you just want to hear us talk about, feel free to send us a line. For sure, we are fully open to suggestions right now. Uh, we're going to keep bringing you shows every week, just like uh, Locked On is still bringing you shows every day, try to make some sense of normalcy. Luckily, Doc and I are actually friends, so there always are things that we can talk about. Um, maybe not always things you guys want to hear about, but but stuff that we'll talk about. Like uh, We can always turn into a music podcast or an overrated movies podcast. I mean, there, there's there's some things we could do. But just on on the baseball train for a little bit, there's so many weird questions that are coming up because of this. Like... How are how is Marcelo Zuna and Cole Hamels going to be handled? Like, if baseball were to sit out for like a full year, let's say that the 2020 season doesn't happen and we just reset and go to 2021, is everybody that's under contract for 2020 like does that year just essentially skip? Like leap year means we just skip 2020, but everything still applies for 2021. How does that happen for minor league service time? Like, what's what are the ramifications of this? Well, and to take it out of the brave scope. You look at the Mookie Betts deal. You know, he got he got traded to L.A. because they were trying to get something of value for him, more so than they would get from a uh, qualifying offer draft pick. And so they wound up swinging this deal. And so if 2020 doesn't happen, did the Red Sox just get Alex Verdugo and more for free and, and clear themselves of David Price? I mean, I, I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea if that's going to wind up being the case. Like it's you can and you can make the case both ways. Where, you know, if you're if you're the Dodgers, you, you know, I'm screaming bloody murder for the fact that this trade should be invalidated because you know we didn't wind up getting anything. But at the same time, that's not really Boston's fault. They didn't trade him knowing that that he, Mookie would never play for Boston anyway. And and what about we'll just take some of the the contracts that the Braves signed this offseason. Travis Darno, that was two years. Uh, Darren O'Day, that's another one that was two years. So does that just push back? Does it just run through, you know? And these are all questions that baseball has not really had to deal with. When you were dealing with labor stoppages, like in 1994, they stopped after uh, 112 games, I think, and then they wound up getting 144 in in 1995. So you're looking at a very, you know, that's 60-something games that you missed. That's a, slightly more than a third of a season. This is not something that, that was really on the table as much. And what about the collective bargaining agreement? That's set to expire at the end of next season. So 
is that just like a hard date or is it five seasons from the end of the last one? Is anybody going to do any work on that? Well, well, there's no baseball happening. You know, they could, they could have their focus being on fixing the parts of the game that they can actually fix in the meantime. So uh, hopefully Tony Clark and Rob Manfred are talking a lot about ways to actually be proactive and taking care of a lot of this stuff. Cause this, this is a mess, dude. I just, I just want baseball back. I remember the, how much time, how much time do you think you and I spent talking about whether or not the Braves should resign Josh Donaldson or trade for Chris Bryant? Or if they don't do that, is it going to be Riley or Camargo or, or all of these different things? And does any of it matter? It, it's so crazy because there was so much for, like, for every Braves, for every baseball fan, obviously, but for Braves fans and for the Braves team in particular, this was such a big year. There was so much, like, going into this season of writing what happened last year and, and getting back what happened and you know such a such a sense of determination about this is we're we're going to make this better than last year and and you just have to put it on hold again. Freddie Freeman said World Series are bust and well uh I guess he meant it a little bit more literally than we all might have hoped. Right. And and th- you look at the way that things ended. I think that that is what's making it kind of worse for me because I've been waiting to just wash that game off of me for five months and who knows how much longer the most recent baseball memory that we all have is going to be the 10 run first inning and and that's not to say that it's any worse for marlins fans who got eliminated in like early may of last year or Rays fans or whatever or any other team that's, that's not located in, in the southeast but you know it's just this is just hard this whole thing is hard, and there's no other sport to turn to. Like, if the NFL winds up being the first one to come back, well, then, I mean, I haven't watched more than 15 minutes of football total since the end of Super Bowl 51, and if there's anything that could get me to be a football fan again, it's baseball just not existing for a calendar year. I'm not, I'm not used to this. There's always something on. Like, there's not even bowling right now. And you know, you know what I'm talking about. Like, if I'm saying there's, like that I would be willing to watch bowling or darts or even poker. Like there's just nothing like, and I understand. And again, I'm not saying that I'm angry that sports have taken a hiatus. They absolutely should because in, in totality, it's not as important as people's lives. Quite honestly, just quite frankly, that's, that's the case. No matter how much we love sports, it's not more important than somebody actually living or dying. So I'm fully on board with what they're doing. Just, I didn't know it was going to be this hard, man. I thought it was going to be easy. It's it's just surreal. There is some sort of baseball news if you want to talk about today. Doc, I don't know if you saw this since we've been on the phone for like two hours, but the Mississippi Braves are no longer the Mississippi Braves. What? What are they? They are now, and I know this is going to anger you when you hear this, uh, they are the Mississippi Sweat. <laughs> the What? No, they're not. The Missis- yes. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. Are they really? Go to, go to Twitter right now. Go to the Mississippi Braves Twitter handle. The hat looks fantastic. The name, horrific. But the what? hat looks awesome. If you guys are fans of Avatar The Last Airbender, it looks like a waterbender hat. It looks, it looks really awesome. But the name might be the dumbest name I've ever heard of. What? Yeah, that's a bad hat. The the drop. Okay, so the front of it's like it's just the raindrop, or a comma for some reason, or a drop of sweat, I suppose. And then it says sweat on the side, and it, there appear to be little puddles of sweat. 
beneath it. That's bad. The colors are excellent. Everything else about it is very bad. Like, I would have called it, like, Mississippi Drip or something like that, because, you know, you got the Mississippi River right there, and young kids today use the word drip for everything, so at least that would have made some sense. Um, Mississippi Sweat, it's like, what, it's it's hot in Mississippi? All right, cool. Um, I, I, I was not sure that we'd find something worse than, like, Gwinnett Stripers. Um, now I'm starting to think that um, they could have been in a much worse situation. Well, and if you're also looking at some of the... The past couple of years have been really interesting for minor league team names like, you know, the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp and New Orleans Baby Cakes and uh, what, what the Rocket City Trash Pandas. And I mean, which is just a raccoon, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. So but like if you, you know, the name Mississippi Sweat is like it sounds like a cocktail. Right. But it's like it's um, like not one you'd ever want to have like a cement mixer or, or something like that. Um I don't, I actually, uh, I don't think I mind the name as much. How long have I known about this? Maybe like a minute and a half. I don't mind the name as much, but just the, I I hated Stripers too at first. So um, if they were going to change it, I wish they would have gone something absolutely preposterous. This. Oh, hold on, hold on. I'm reading the tweet here. Looks like I didn't read everything. Uh, this is the official tweet from Embraves, from at Embraves. When baseball returns, we'll be doing a lot of sweating at the ballpark. Thus, we give you the Mississippi Sweat AA affiliate of the Atlanta Braves for one night only. I'm going to cut this whole segment out. <laughs> no, keep it in. Keep it in. Keep it in. Because this is something worth talking about here. Oh, man. Um, because you know they're going to change the name because that's just the way the minor leagues are doing. Everybody is. And you did a good job bringing up like the trash pandas and everything. That's kind of the way that all minor league affiliates are going. Weren't the Altoona Curve one of the first ones to kind of do that? To like go away from being the same name as as their parent team? It's one of those things that I know they usually do the name through like fan votes and everything like that to, to kind of make fans feel like they're a little bit more involved in the minor league day-to-days and to get more people to go out to the ballparks. I will say that color scheme is fantastic. I just hope against all hope that name does not become permanent. Well, I'm glad we cleared that up. I'm glad that we didn't just start tell- <laughs> telling people just for weeks and weeks and weeks that the, the name of the team was going to change. I feel like th- there would have been some type of tease or some type of rumblings. I don't know. It's It does bring up an interesting point, though, about minor league teams, how they are going to much um, more lighthearted names. I mean, I, I do kind of like that, to be honest. Like, I like that they're doing more lighthearted names and that the fans get a real say in this. There's basically no way you're ever going to change a major league team's name ever. Because there's too much money behind it and there's too much history behind the name. But minor league teams, being able to change minor league teams' names like that, that's kind of cool. I do enjoy that. It wasn't that long ago when it went from the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, which is what their team name was for you know, around a decade or so. Um, from their inception. Yeah, from their, they were originally called the Tampa Bay Devil Rays and then they were that for like a decade and then they... Uh, they turned into just the Tampa Bay Rays, which actually, you know, Florida Rays of Sunshine. It, it and then you also still have the the actual like array uh, that makes a lot of sense. But even doing something like that, it's like a full on complete rebranding and re- and colors and everything. And there's been a lot of talk about um, changing the name of the Cleveland Indians. And even the Braves are kind of on the periphery of that. I don't. I think that there would be a, a riot if something like that actually wound up happening. But you're right. Like even doing like a logo rebranding, like uh, not using Chief Wahoo anymore, and going to like the plain C, which is a, which is a good looking logo, but 
everybody still knows it's for the Indians. Changing the actual name of the team. I mean, we still call it, it's still the Oakland A's. They still haven't changed their name to the Oakland Elephants, despite the fact that their mascot is an elephant for some reason. So is University of Alabama, right? Roll Tide? Yeah, but yeah. yeah <laughs> that's right. Like, neither one of those, like, A's, elephant does not start with A, so I don't know why the Oakland Athletics are represented by one of the most unathletic animals on the earth. What, you couldn't find a giraffe? Me? No, I could not find a giraffe. I don't know. If like, could you imagine that the Oakland Longnecks and it's just a giraffe as their mascot? I, I could go for that, but, but that's the thing. They're not going to wind up changing that. But if like I think Modesto is is one of their teams, if they want to become the Modesto Giraffes, by all means, get somebody who's got a couple of pencils, draw us up a new logo, we'll put it on a hat, we'll sell it either for, for a promotional night, or you know, the, we'll just change the name outright to that. I, I kind of understand why you don't why you don't end up rebranding like teams. Could you? I wonder how big like a nostalgia factor plays into things like that because it's kind of hard for a game like baseball that's so reliant on on nostalgia and going across generations of fandom to just change names. You kind of change experiences when you do that. Like you don't see many people talk about Milwaukee Braves to Atlanta Braves or Boston Bean Eaters. Or Atlanta Cracker Jacks to Atlanta Braves. It, it tends to be with the same name as where the memories kind of kind of coalesce. People love continuity. You know, people come to love their traditions, even if the traditions don't make sense. Sometimes, like you look at changing the name from the Gwinnett Braves to the Gwinnett Stripers. I kind of think that the reason that they gave for that was kind of ridiculous, but it gives you a chance to establish new memories based on based around something something new you know what i mean still yeah and attaching positive memories to a similar but inherently different type of idea that's true and and keeping in that theme one of the things one of the things that helps when you keep the same name back and forth is when when we say things like like a player's name like say say i say jason hayward automatically you think of that moment, the the first at-bat, the three-run homer off Carlos Zambrano. You think of the Chip Carey call. You think of you think of Atlanta Braves. Like if that if if the Braves were now all of a sudden, you know, say the Atlanta, I don't know, make up a name, whatever, say Atlanta Stripers instead of Atlanta Braves, that kind of would that would change the way that we remember or the feelings that get evoked when we say certain team names. And even certain players' names. Like when you say Hank Aaron or when we say Hank Aaron, do you think of Hank in his Milwaukee Braves time? Or do you think of Hank as his Atlanta Braves time? Most of us, if you're old enough to remember Hank Aaron, which I am not, most of most everybody assumes like Atlanta. That's why when the topic comes up for Chipper Jones or Hank Aaron, who's the best Atlanta Brave of all time, they'll say Chipper because he was always an Atlanta Brave, and that's kind of their out. Once you start changing the names of everybody, you got to go through... Hey, Babe, Babe Ruth was technically with like towards the Atlanta team, I think. Wasn't he with, uh, wasn't he a Boston Bean Eater at one point? I think it was uh, Boston Braves. Same franchise, but yeah, they, I think yeah. they changed from the Bean Eaters by that point. But yeah, he was, he was with the Braves. And that's like, nobody thinks of Babe Ruth as a Brave because it wasn't the Atlanta Braves. It's, you know, a Boston Braves, and we all think of as Boston Red Sox. And team names have a, a powerful emotion attached to them. And I think rebranding, brandings can get a little tricky because you can't get too hokey or it's going to mess things up. But even if you change all the color schemes and change the way that the mascot looks, changing the name just kind of has a sense of finality to it that I don't think we'll ever really see from professional teams. You look at a team like the Expos, right? 
this team, you know, they, they became the Washington Nationals. I, for the record, I'm wearing a Montreal Expos shirt right now. Be, not because of the Nationals, but because I grew up, and I loved like the Fleur de Lis logo. I love the I love the color scheme. I loved everything about it. And ever since they left, you're kind of looking at an entire contingent of people that want to bring back the Expos. They want to put another franchise back in Montreal. The way that things ended up there were very unsavory, but at the same time, people have so many memories associated with that. And it was 2005 was the Nationals' last season, or the National first season, so 04 was the last Expos season. So it's been a decade and a half. It'll probably be at least another decade before they wind up either moving the Rays or the A's or, or fully expanding, something like that. And there are people that are going to wind up reusing the same gear. You know, somebody's going to show up in a Tim Raines jersey or in a Larry Walker jersey to because they've been holding on to this this garment. They've been holding on to this idea the this whole time. So we look at the A on the hat or or the tomahawk or whatever and like these are these things are sacred to us you know what i mean that shape of the a it's it's just an yeah. a it's just an a like, but it's not just you can't an a. change that a though cuz if you change it it's it's not the Atlanta Braves a anymore like there's two acceptable Atlanta Braves a's there's the one that's on the feather uniform from 1976 which is the most beautiful uniform ever made and then there's the current one which you know, Alabama tried to steal, but they have a mullet on theirs because it's Alabama, so you can always tell the difference. But you can't just, like, you couldn't come in with just a, a Times New Roman font A and it'd be the same. Like, it's different. Like, the Oakland A's A is different from the Atlanta Braves A, and you can tell which team it is just by looking at the way that A looks. And I think, I think in all sports, really, but in baseball in particular, you can't really go away from stuff like that because nostalgia plays such a big role in in how the sport is is watched and loved like i don't know maybe i'm off base maybe i'm just thinking too deeply because i haven't had enough sports to watch lately but that that's just how i feel we've all been watching baseball our entire lives like i i'm about to turn 38 i don't have any kids you you're about to and i, I know that like one of the first things you're gonna do is start immediately indoctrinate, indoctrinating your child into this baseball culture. You know what I mean? I'm and, actually currently I'm trying to figure out how young how how old does he need to be for me to take him to SunTrust or Truest Park? I mean, you saw how hard everybody took it when they changed the name of a park that had only been in place for like three years. You know, so imagine trying to change the name of the actual team. But like, yeah, you you're gonna immediately start you know, teaching him all of these different things. And, and as soon as the season starts back, you're going to plop his chair down in front of the TV and be, and be like, this is Ronald Acuna. You don't know it yet, but you will tell stories about him for for the rest of your life. You know what I mean? In the same way that we talk about guys like Chipper, you know? So. Right. That's I think that's the craziest thing right now is just thinking that my son is going to look at Ronald Acuna, hopefully, if he likes baseball, which he will. Um, he's going to look at Ronald Acuna the same way that like I look at Chipper Jones. That's a wild concept. It's crazy. It it really yeah. It's it's funny how how the generations turn over. But like you guys will still, you know, Acuna is young enough to where, as your son is growing up and watching Acuna progress through his career, you know, you're still tapped into this. You know, you you guys are gonna together watch him ascend. And you know, I remember going and seeing. I saw Van Halen 
with my dad from the 10th row in, let's see, this would have been 1998. So I was 16. I'd been playing guitar for like two years, and my dad was 48. So he'd been playing guitar for 36 years. And we're both staring at him doing all of these crazy things and, you know, the tapping and playing over the neck and doing all these funky things, and we're just getting two completely separate things out of it. You know what I mean? Because I'm looking at him going, wow, he's doing things that I've never seen any, literally anybody else at that time. I've never seen anybody do anything like that before. And he's like, I've seen other people do this, but this is just different in its own special way. So in the same way that you, you and your son will wind up looking at Acuna, you can be like, I can appreciate what he's doing right now because I know exactly how hard what he's doing is. And and your son, from from the time where he's like a kind of ball of goo at the beginning of his life and then you know develops a personality and comes to like absorb all of these different things then he will start to interpret it in his own way too i mean this is this is going to be really cool for you guys and the, and the fact that it's acuna and aldi's and and you still got pache coming and some of the prospects that are that are coming on the the tail end of that you know soroka and freed are on the big league team now i mean this is like the core that your son is hopefully going to wind up growing up watching and in the same way. Who knows? Maybe he ends up in Makai Backstrom as his favorite player. We can only hope. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. Uh, honestly, I think uh, we, we've gotten enough out of this show as we could, quite honestly. I think we've got a little bit more out of this than we thought. Hopefully, hopefully you guys have enjoyed this ride along with us. Unfortunately, we do have things that we have to tend to today. Uh, I still have some work to do, but um, I'm glad we were able to get this show out of the... I'm glad we were able to do this. There was some, there was some talk about whether how, how often we were going to do these shows, what with no sports being around, but I think this was a good show. I, I'm enjoying this a lot, and uh, before we go too long and start really like having this just be run on and, and jam packed. I think we're going to go ahead and call it a day for now. Um, but for those of you out there, again, if you guys have anything in particular you want to hear us discuss, please, you guys are awesome and always, you know, commenting on our stuff and always, always throwing out ideas to us. Feel free to continue throwing out ideas. Uh, if you got something you want to talk about for sure, if you've got a, if you've got a particular nostalgia, like memory or, or something like that, feel free to send it to us. We're, we're, ready and willing to talk about pretty much whatever while this is going on. Uh, really just want to make sure that we're always that we're here with y'all through this whole event. You guys know we're really just fans like y'all. So having a, having to deal with this is tough for everybody, but uh, doc, I got to say, thanks man for, uh, for, for still doing the show with me. Uh, we got another, we got more off season for the unforeseeable future, but uh, at least I got you with me to get through it. <laughs> oh, Dylan, that's so sweet. No, nah, man, you know, you know, the, the, we, it would be easy to just kind of pull the plug and say, you know, we'll, there's nothing to talk about and we'll just get back with you guys. We've exhausted all of our topics. But at the same time, I got to be honest, just this is cathartic and I, this is hard. You know, I've been, like I said, we spent all this time, all this time in the off season, just waiting to get just counting to down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, We spent it all just counting down to this point. Yeah. And, and now it's, it's just kind of, Everybody's in a holding pattern, and I got to tell you, I was not expecting. Who knows if the Mississippi sweat thing hadn't happened? Who knows what we would have wound up talking about? So, right. who knows how far this show would have gone down? Right. So I'm glad me being incorrect or not telling the full story led to about 45 minutes worth of content. <laughs> but you know, and this is this is we will get through it, and you know, we've got we've got some ideas coming up for uh, for some episodes about some things that we're going to do, and uh, we're going to get back to doing the patron episode. Uh, or get to know a patron really soon here. So 
Um, thank you everybody for being patient with us uh, on that and during the off season. So also, also keep an eye on the Patreon for for those of you patrons because there will be some other things that you guys will be seeing pretty soon that uh, the general public will not be seeing. A little hint, hint for you. The Dylan Short exclusive. Keep your eyes peeled for that on our Patreon. That's patreon.com backslash TPS underscore podcast. But uh, like you said, Dylan, I think it's probably a good time to uh, cut things off here. Thank you so much to everybody for uh, for joining us. And, um, you know, we will see you right back next week right here on The Platinum Sombrero. Thank you for being a